Welcome to part two of our podcast. My name is Jennifer. And I'm Tracy. And this is continuing on with scary stories. We're going to go to a story called The Visitor. Okay. Okay. Following my breakup of two years, I found myself tired of my surroundings and a little homesick. I quickly packed up and made the two and a half hour drive to my mother's house in Minnesota. The thought of moving back into my family wasn't very thrilling, but I needed it. Without further hesitation, I adhered to the idea. My mother had recently moved to this new house I'd never seen. It was on the edge of town, and it was more room, supposedly. I drove through downtown St. Paul and headed into an older part of town. The houses looked like they each had a story to tell. The neighborhood seemed dark and dreary, but it felt like home. My GPS guided me to the front of a two-story brick home with red shutters. A large maple tree in front of the house blocked out any light as the branches stretched over the roof and hovered over the windows. Which, if you know anything about Hmong cultures, there's, I also heard something that you shouldn't have tree branches or leaves hanging over your roof. Over? Over. Oh. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know about that. It's just probably another superstition. But you shouldn't have any... There's too many to count. Trees, yeah. Trees or branches hanging over your roof of your house. Mm. Right? I took a deep breath, shut off the car, and headed out. This was home. I made my way up the chipped cement stairs, dragging my luggage behind me. I reached for the handle and pushed open the fence. It let out a squeak as I swung go- as it swung open. I walked up to the door and rang the doorbell. I looked around the yard and it was overgrown with weeds. The grass looked like it hadn't been mowed in weeks. I would have thought the house to be abandoned had it not for my mother's familiar gardening tools laying about. I heard a familiar voice yell out. Who is it? And I replied, it's me, mom. She opened the door and let me in. I walked in and my siblings greeted me with excitement in their little eyes. It had been close to a year since I've seen them. We said our hellos, and my mom asked me if I wanted the upstairs bedroom or the downstairs bedroom. I learned that everyone slept upstairs, so I quickly chose the downstairs bedroom. I grabbed my stuff and headed downstairs. The room was in the basement. Of course, it was a finished basement. Who'd sleep in a dungeon, right? I picked the bigger room. There was already a bed set up, and I dropped my stuff and fell onto the bed and fell asleep. When I finally woke up, it was getting dark. I looked around the room and forgot for a minute where I was. It was cold in the room and my feet were freezing. Then I heard giggling coming from the doorway. A quiet little giggle. My heart started racing. Everything was dark down here. There was no one here with me. Was I losing my mind and hearing things? I laid still, afraid to move, to breathe. It went. (laughs) There it was. I wasn't crazy. There was definitely someone outside my door. I grabbed my cell phone and flipped it open, so I had some light. I took a deep breath and sprung out of bed and ran for the wall where the light switch was. I flipped it on and and frantically searched the room with my eyes. No one. I looked toward the doorway, and the door was opened ajar. I could see two little shadows outside. I slowly approached the door and reached out for the doorknob. Boom, 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 boom. My heart was beating out my chest. I swallowed the lump in my throat and swung the door open. Then I saw them. Two little girls crouching behind the door. My little sisters. So it was just her little sisters, right? When the door swung open, I could see the fright in their little eyes. They were both startled and fell back. My God, what are you guys doing sneaking around? I screamed at them. They pointed at each other, one blaming the other. It wasn't me, it was Sarah, yelled Laura. Nuh-uh, lies, screamed Sarah. Relieved, I dismissed their shenanigans and asked if they would like to help me unpack. They were very eager and both jumped to the idea of going through my stuff. Typical kid behavior. The three of us closed the door and started to unpack. I was emptying out a box when when Sarah casually asked, Why do you want to sleep down here? Curious little girl, I thought to myself. Well, because everyone else already sleeps upstairs, I'm not a baby like you, so I don't need to sleep near my mommy. The girls found my answer to be remarkably funny and both laughed hysterically. We're not babies, they both chimed. This house is haunted, you know. 
I immediately paused at Laura's statement. It caught me off guard, and my mind was trying to process what I just heard. I felt a shiver and scanned the room. Laura, why is it haunted? I asked, afraid of the answer. Well, there's a man that I see sometimes upstairs. Also, Sarah saw a lady with long hair in the basement once. We don't sleep down here anymore, she said sternly. Yeah, mom doesn't believe us. I wasn't going to lie. I was engulfed in fear. The girls went on and on about how Sarah had seen the long-haired lady in the basement once and was so scared she got sick. They told me about the old man that wanders from room to room and even the mother and her son about how they floated through the doors and disappeared as soon as they appear. Of course, they say little kids have a wild imagination, but they also say that little kids don't lie. I managed to swallow the fear and finished unpacking. My mom calls us up to help with dinner. After dinner and a movie with the kids, I had forgotten about our little conversation earlier. It was late and I was tired. The kids headed off to bed and I headed downstairs. I called up my friend and spoke to him. We ended up talking for hours and it helped me forget about the stories. We talked and talked until my eyes grew too heavy. I slid under the covers, shut off the light, and fell asleep. Tick, 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 tick. I could hear my watch ticking. I squeezed my eyes harder and tried drowning out the ticking. Then I felt it again. That blowing on the side of my face. It must have been a draft, I told myself. Half asleep and eager to sleep. I just pulled a blanket up over my face and went to sleep. It wasn't long before I felt it again. Only this time, it was accompanied by a foul smell. The smell was nauseating. It smelled like old, rotting meat. I was lying on my left side and could feel that draft on my right side. It was stronger and smelled so bad. Annoyed and curious, I turned around. As I did, I saw a dark shadow hovering above me. I screamed and I saw it slip under the bed. I was paralyzed with fear. I couldn't move or I was too afraid to. It was useless screaming for help. No one would hear me. I flipped on the phone, ran to the wall, and turned on the light. I got down on my knees and looked under the bed. Nothing. At this point, I was close to hyperventilating. I crawled back in bed with the lights on, called my friend, and asked him to stay on the phone with me. I told him what I had experienced, and he suggested I was dreaming. After a few hours of reassurance and exploring every logical explanation, he had me convinced I was just dreaming. The next few nights went without incident until a Friday night. I had completed my nightly routine before bed. I brushed my teeth, wore my PJs, and jumped into bed and to talk on the phone. My friend and I were talking on the phone until I heard a scratching at the door. The lamp was right next to me this time, and I had a light, so I wasn't too scared in my immediate surroundings, but the scratching was coming from outside of my door. I sat in bed as quiet as I could be and had my gaze fixed on the door. Nothing. My friend had convinced me this time it was a mouse. After all, it, was, it is an old house. I'm sure there are some crawling around. We continued with our conversation. It dragged on into the night, and as usual, I fell asleep. I was awakened by a cold draft. The room was freezing. I pulled my blanket up to my chin, and as soon as I did, something pulled it back. Something pulled the blanket back down. Again, my heart was racing, and I was paralyzed with fear. I pulled my blanket up as hard as I could and held on the tight. Held on to it tight. I waited for it to pull back. Nothing. You know, that used to be one of my, my fears. Like, me with the blanket on and yeah. someone pulling me. Or someone pulling the blanket. Yeah. So I can go underneath the bed. I would have fucking dreams. And I would wake up in fucking full sweats. Because I would tuck the blanket underneath my feet. Right? Yeah. Because of what I told you. I would tuck the blanket on the side of me. And I would tuck the blanket over me. Like, with the blanket un physically underneath me. So nothing could pull the blanket, or so nothing could pull me underneath the bed. Why not just throw a pillow on top of your body if that happens? Because like, you can still be dragged with a pillow on top of you, Tracy. Like, yes. That's why. <laughs> no, I feel like Dude. it's worse. Is he get tangled up? No, because I'm inside. I'm like a dumpling. I'm like inside yes. of it. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing could hold on to my leg and drag me. You know? Yeah. Well, if, if I'm in the blanket and someone we pulls the blanket. about the story to them? Who? To them about it? About, like, 
me being in the apartment. Oh, you want me to? You're talking about it. Okay, sure, us. sure. Okay. Man, I feel like we're just like, I'm not even done with this story. Okay, fine. When we used to live in apartments before my parents moved to the house we are in now, I was like a kid. I was like five to ten, right? No, I think it was five. I think it was about five because I wasn't even in kin kindergarten yet. And we would all sleep on one bed where if it was a rectangle, right? And since everyone's short, they would sleep right side up, right? Mm -hmm. Like next to each other. And I would sleep at the feet horizontally across them. And I remember one time there was just something that was tickling my feet. Like just, like just like little fingers, just like imagine that on your feet, right? I, I felt that on my feet and I would tuck my feet underneath the blanket, like, and then it would be too hot and I stick my feet out again and I would feel that same, like it was like something tickling my feet and I just remember, don't look down, don't look down. And I think I wasn't the only one experiencing it because I think, I think my dad told me something along those lines of like, don't look at them, ignore them. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I just remember just really listening in. Like, I don't think he was even talking to me. He said, if there is something tickling your feet at night, don't look at them. Right? And I just remember being like, I never told anyone about it. But his feet met up where my feet was. Does that make sense? Like, since I slept... Because I slept horizontally, yeah. his feet would make like a an angle, a right angle with where my feet was because of the position he slept in. Yeah. So maybe he felt it too. And mm -hmm. maybe that's why he mentioned it. But he never told us about it. I never told him about it. But I just remember him saying, just don't look or something. And I just remember I'd be in bed and I just, I just was so hot. I would stick my feet out for one second, put it back in because I didn't want nothing to touch me. And and in Hmong culture, they believe it's like little um, ghost girls or something that would bother you at night and they would mm -hmm. come and tickle your feet with their hands. And I would never look down. I just remember just sitting there looking at the ceiling or having my head underneath the blanket because I was so fucking scared. I don't know if it was true, but I didn't look down. And I don't want to find out. <laughs> Maybe I should ask him when I get home. Maybe. I don't think he remembers it. You can tell him what I told you. It's fine. Okay. That I felt something being tickled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know. Do you want to continue the story? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. It said, you know how, so they pull the blanket up to their chin, right? Yeah. And when they pull the blanket up, something pulls back down the blanket. Right. And so she was scared. And she said she pulled the blanket back up again, right? Mm -hmm. Waiting for something to pull back, but nothing happened. Then I felt a quick pull on my feet. Someone's cold hands held onto my toes, my toes and pulled. I screamed and pulled my legs up as fast as I could. I flipped on the lights and sat on the bed with tears in my eyes. What the hell just happened? I grabbed my blanket and pillow that night and went upstairs to sleep on the couch. I spent a few nights on the couch until my grandma came over one night and was taking over the couch. I didn't want to say anything to my mom or grandma, and I certainly did not want to spook the kids, so I kept it to myself. Yeah. That night, I headed back downstairs. I was ready this time. I decided to keep a nightlight plugged in. Feeling a little more safe with my new weapon, the nightlight, I fell asleep. Not long into my sleep, I felt a tickle on my face, kind of like strands of hair tickling my face. I brushed it out of the way and continued sleeping. I felt it again. Lots of hair brushing against my face with that rotting smell present. Then I remembered, I have short hair. It can't be my hair. I opened my eyes, and there above me, I finally put a face to the nightmare that has been haunting me. A rotting corpse, it looked like. Her jaw was torn open, and she attempted a smile that spread from ear to ear. Her long black hair dangling in my face. No body, just the head and torso with dangling arms. 
She was breathing right in my face, and the rotting smell was her flesh. I tried to jump out of bed, but I was stuck. I couldn't move nor scream. I could feel her ice-cold fingers holding down my arms, and I was pinned to the bed and paralyzed with fear. She got closer and let out a moan. I felt a heaviness on my chest as she pressed down on me. Her tongue slipped out the side of her face where her jaw was broken. I closed my eyes and I did the only thing I could have done. I prayed. Dear God, please help me. Please, God, rid of this, rid this room of the evil that dwells here, please. It was then I felt that pressure relieve and I was able to move. I opened my eyes and it was gone. I looked down at my arms and there was red imprints of her hands from holding me down. I slept with the Bible next to me and said a prayer every night after that. It seized. We moved shortly after that. I don't know who lives there now, but I pity the current tenants. Well, you know what? Happy that you got out. This holy shit, I fucking wouldn't stay for like a fucking minute. Yeah, I'm like... One night, I'm out. Yeah. One night of that basement and I'll be like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm even so... Wait, basement? She lives. She was sleeping in the basement. You know what I don't get though? Huh? I wouldn't. If that happened to me for one night, I wouldn't sleep alone anymore. I don't know why she was brave enough to like continue sleeping. Yeah, she said it was like a furnished basement, so there was like walls like this. It looked like a house, like a regular room. It wasn't like open and bare. It was with rooms and doors and this and that. But still, I think I would be like too creeped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weren't you gonna read this one thing? Which one? That one scene? The first one you sent me. Hold on, let me see what it was. I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay. It's called Clinging. About a year ago, I dated a guy who was involved with a qing or ndao at the funeral homes. Like I said, qing is uh, like an instrument played in during Hmong funerals it's spelled q-e-e-j you can look it up or n-r-u-a-s Rindal. one night i was sleeping in my room i woke up to an icy cold breeze i reached for my bame which is mexican blanket instead mm-hmm. i felt like i grabbed a hand it had a stench to it i could feel its cold hand and it somewhat felt wrinkly i got paranoid and tried to see what it was I squinted my eyes and the image was so blurry. I clearly remember it was a Hmong lady in Hmong clothes. Her eyes were bloodshot red. Her smile was bloody and her teeth were rotting yellow. I heard her hysterically laugh and boom, my mom kicked the door open. My mom said, I told you to not lock your door. Why is it cold in your room? What did you eat? Why does your room smell like something rotten? I started to cry. I didn't know where to start. And my mom said, which means, is that true? Like, what came to bother you? My mom took me to her room and tied a red string on me. And that red string typically in Hmong culture is like a protection. Like, they chant and it's like a protection for you against evil, right? Mm -hmm. She took dried pepper and burned it and came to my room, spreading the smoke around my room, saying some stuff, which is like, some chance. I went to my bed after that. The next morning, I told my boyfriend what happened, and he said, There is something I need to tell you. After work, I'll come to your house. That evening, he came, and we sat down. He said, I should have told you this. As you know, I do the traditional things at the funeral home. My shaman told me there's a lady in the netherworld who wants me. Whoever I date, she will try to make my relationship mess up. She'll torment whoever I'm with. Last night, she must have came to you. She did the same exact thing to my exes, too. I didn't care much because I loved him. Night after night, I got sat on, so she had sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. I got horrible migraines and couldn't eat anything. My mom looked for a shaman, and they came. As I was sleeping on the couch, I heard a lady's cry. I fainted, and I fell asleep. When I woke up, the shaman said, Means I... My daughter, my girl, I tell you, it's all she you and your boyfriend shouldn't date anymore. You don't know. That ghost is very vicious. 
that what ghost is very aggressive like she will not give up she's not gonna let your boyfriend go she took your soul far away and I almost couldn't catch up to it she said that if you and your boyfriend are together she won't let your boyfriend go a week later we broke it off <laughs> I have a new boyfriend now, and I'm glad for all that stuff to be over. My cousins told me my ex is very sick at the moment, and he's close to dying. That's oh. the end. <laughs> oh my god. That's the end. Anyways. Yeah. That's so crazy. It is. My god. Man, I swear, all these vicious goals just like... I know. I know. Honestly. Let me, I'm going to read you one last story and then we're going to be done. Okay. This is also from the same site. Honestly, it's just a much list of stories this person wrote. Thank you to whoever wrote mongoststoriespage.weebly.com. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> this is our content for today, basically. Excluding skinwalkers. And our own stories. And our own stories. Okay, this is called Baby Sister. Mm. Um, and if you guys know anything about, like I said in the beginning, of the Secret War, Vietnam War, people, Hmong people were running away from their villages to not get killed by the Vietnamese. So they were trying to cross the, I think it was, um, I forgot the river name. But they're trying to cross the river in order to get to, I think it was Thailand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, from Laos in order to get away, to get away, basically. Mm -hmm. Because they were being hunted down in their villages in the forest. And so a lot of Hmong people had to travel in groups and packs. And from what mom told me, she said that she and her group, I don't know if I ever told you this, Tracy, mm -hmm. but did I tell you that? in mom's group when because i think mom was about eight years old ten maybe right. when they were on the run to the united states and trying to cross the river and in mom's group there was a woman who had a baby right and in order to make sure the babies don't cry they have to give them opium oh yeah and then they would overdose and die yeah and most of the time the babies would overdose on opium and die but it would keep them quiet to keep um, the Vietnamese from finding them, finding their whole entire group and killing them all. Yeah. Because they would rape the women, kill them, kill everyone, even yeah. babies, children, everything. And she said in her group, there was a woman whose baby died because they gave the opium. And the, the mom just kept crying. And she said it was a cry of like true sadness. And it was like a, Ooh, you know how like when you cry so hard, all you can do. And she said that, that woman cried so hard, she had no more tears. It was just nothing. Like, she, But you can just feel her sadness and her crying. And that she cried so much, the group told her to stop. That you need to stop. You're going to put the rest of us in danger and we're all going to die. Yeah. Right? And I get that you're carrying your baby and the baby's dead in her arms. But you need to stop crying. And she, because she wouldn't stop crying, they had to leave her behind. So she was separated from the group. And I'm just thinking... That's super sad. It is. Like, I'm just thinking, like, if that baby... Like, what? Like, well, I'm sure she's dead. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm sure she's dead. I'm sure she was killed. Because if she was crying when someone, some soldiers came along, I'm sure they killed her. Mm -hmm. You know? And if she's not and some other group took her in, then good. Yeah. But... You know, at the end of the day, it was about survival. They needed to survive, and there was kids and whatnot. So make it right, but... It doesn't. And, um... Dad's... <laughs> I told you this already. Dad's story of, like, during that time when they realized that the North was winning and they were coming, is he said he saw a bonzong, right? Which is, like, a mm. ghost spirit come... And even run past him to the opposite direction. He said all the animals, every every animal was running the opposite direction 
away from where he was guarding because he was like i'm gonna say 10 to 15 mm-hmm. right he had his gun he was guarding he was as a he was taken by the vietnamese or the southern one with every single boy and he had to be a guard yeah and that when they were losing he said that he saw them all run past him and he said he saw creatures running away from the sh- the fighting and he said he could hear it coming it's crazy and i was just like i wonder what this is yeah and you know dad doesn't like to talk about it yeah that's okay yeah and like i would love to hear it though <laughs> I remember, I would love to hear, but he doesn't like talking about it. And I'm so, I'm sure some traumatic ass shit happened to him because imagine being fucking taken away as a kid to go fight in a freaking war that you didn't agree to, that yeah. your parents put you into, but not your siblings because they put your siblings into school while not you. Yeah. Like that is. Frustrating. Yeah, that is some traumatic ass fuck. Yeah, and having to learn multiple languages like Vietnamese and Thai and mm-hmm. Hmong and then English, you know. And still yeah. having to struggle with. Yeah, and like. Converting into a new country. Yeah, and then assimilating into the United States and the culture. And there was also another story of like during that time when I read it online that mm-hmm. there was this. She was a little girl. Like she wrote this in or something mm-hmm. and that she said my dad when we were running away me my mom my mom was pregnant with my little sister and my dad we had enough food on our backs in order to make it to the border right mm-hmm. and then when they were running away in the forest they heard a little girl crying right oh and when she remembers she was just like two or three years old but this was told by her dad mm-hmm. and when they heard the little girl crying the dad was like hey what where's your mom and dad like what happened to them and she and she the little girl said my dad told me to wait here and then he'd come back mm. right he said he was gonna come back and he told me to wait right here and the dad was like i should take this little girl i need to take her i should but if I do, I'm not going to have enough food for my wife who is pregnant, for my daughter. And I can, if I die, I can't protect them. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm not going to have enough food. And we're barely like surviving, surviving as it is with like the littlest amounts of food a day. Yeah. And it's going to take so long to do the border. And he said in that moment he should have taken her, but he didn't. Mm. He... He was like, I know that little girl's dad probably left her here on purpose. Yeah. Or he died. Yeah. Right? Because why is she still here and it's raining and she was hiding underneath like a banana leaf underneath mm-hmm. in the rain. And so he gave her some food and he said, for you waiting here, here's some food. And he said, I hope that she survived. Yeah. But he regrets to this day. That he didn't that he didn't take her yeah yeah i told jimmy about that story and he said i would have to take her and i was like but what if we're dying like what if it's a life or death situation and what if you cannot feed everyone you care about mm-hmm. and he said i don't know but i he said that because you know, he has like a softness for kids like right, he's just like i think i would take her right. and i was like okay and i i i want to say i want to take her too a thousand situation but if you were starving and a baby was starving and he, i had kids you know i don't know mm-hmm. you know and that's fucked up to say but you never know for certain yeah i don't i was like i don't know what i will do until you get the situation it's kind of like those zombie movies where you're like is this humanity does that make sense yeah like the thing is, though, I feel like you can't even be mad. At you can't. Like, I'm not... Yeah. I feel like some people would be so upset. They'd be like, be like why didn't you take her? But it's like... And it's like, I get that, but have you ever been in that situation? Yeah. 
you've you never know that those situations are rare and you've never been in it. yeah and like you're literally running for your life right like you barely have food as it is your wife is pregnant you have a baby you have to take care of mm-hmm. yeah and i and the story was like he ho- he hopes that she survived yeah. but a small part was like maybe she died yeah 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 i don't know honestly the i guess i I can only be upset at the people who caused the war you know yeah to be fair though the reason why the vietnam war happened was because um so the north was communist Mm -hmm. they wanted equality because they were starving Mm -hmm. they were dying the government wasn't helping them Mm -hmm. while the south I don't know what they were, but the U.S. was supporting the su- the southern southern Vietnam, and Russia was supplying forces to the this, northern Vietnam. I don't think the South had a party, to be honest. South had the what? I don't think the South had a party. I just know that they didn't want to be communists. That's it. Uh, they did. There was government they? ran. The oh. South was government ran. Right, right, and right, right. I don't I don't know if they were. From what I know, I don't know a lot. I should do my research, but mm-hmm. it seemed as though the South was the government who wanted to take full control again. The North, the communists, it was mainly the people. Mm-hmm. And now Vietnam is is communism yeah. because then, the U.S. took out, extracted their um, forces and whatnot. The, I guess we Mong just got government. You know? Yeah, and Mong people. U.S. came to Hmong or met Hmong people and said, hey, the more to help us, the merrier. If you help us and we lose this war, we will evacuate your people. Right. Yeah. And that, there's also stories of like, a lot of people, a lot of Hmong people say, Hmong people didn't even want it. They were just living their life and they wanted, they wanted people to not bother them. And they felt as though um, the North Vietnam trying to take over was going to intervene with their way of life. So they sided with the South, which was the U.S. Right. You know. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because there's like thousands of people that were supposed to be evacuated and they're still there. Yeah. Obviously there are people who like chose to stay but then like I remember hearing stories from like dad and he was just like dad and mom and they're just like there were thousands of people who just wanted to go with their children, but then they decided in the end, hey, my kid is going to live long. He's going to be my future, the, our future, and they just let them at that. Yeah. And it's just like, that's so heartbreaking, you know? You shouldn't have to go through that. No one should. Mm-hmm. Well, this this turned into a history lesson. <laughs> it, it, because the thing is, a lot of stories have to do with history. You know? Mm. Okay. I'm going to read you this story. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I kind of jumped into this was because you kind of had to know about the history of Laos, spelled L-A-O-S, mm-hmm. Laos, Vietnam, the war, and whatnot, in order to understand this story. Okay. Right. Okay. It said, Baby sister, I was seven or eight years old when this happened. During this time, we were coming to Thailand from Laos. I wasn't quite sure what exactly I saw, but I thought it was weird. Anyhow, while we were in the jungles in Laos, we passed through a burial lot that was still pretty new. There were red and green sashes hung around the area. Some of the old folks said to not look at the cemetery and just pretend it wasn't there or the spirit will follow you. I was scared, so I held my mom's hand tight and tried to not look at the cemetery. Even though I tried to not look, as a kid, you're always curious. So I snuck a couple peeks at the cemetery. At first, I didn't see anything. But the second time, I saw a little Hmong girl standing next to the cemetery, looking at us as we passed through. I didn't think anything of it, because it was just a girl. I didn't look back to see if she was still there when we passed through, but had a strange feeling like someone was following us. My mom and I were somewhere in the middle of the pack, so I asked my mom, Mom, did you see the girl at the cemetery? She said, No. Did you see something when we passed through that cemetery? 
I told her I saw a Hmong girl standing next to the grave. She then asked if I sensed the little girl's presence, and I told her yes. She told my dad there was a spirit following us. That night, my dad slept with me. He used some branches with leaves, covering my face as a blanket. He told me to not remove the branches, and if I hear someone call my name, to not answer it, even if it sounded like my mom's voice. I shook my head yes. Then, I knew what was going on. While we were sleeping, my dad held my hand. On the other hand, he had his mong knife wrapped in a red sash. He said, Remember, if you hear someone other than my voice, don't answer. I shook my head that I understood. Then I got really cold and, and I wasn't cold at all. I could see someone through the leaves and everyone was shivering. I heard a, I heard a girl's voice calling my name, but I didn't respond to the voice. Then I heard my mom's voice calling me, and I almost answered it, but I remembered what dad told me. All of a sudden, all the men got up and sounded a little girl that no one, that no one recognized. Everyone had their mong knives wrapped in a red sash out and approached the little girl. She started to cry and wailed so loud it was deafening. She said she was looking for her brother and mother. The men didn't care. They surrounded her, then started stabbing her. I could see the blood coming out of the little girl's body. Once the little girl was dead, the men started to chop her into pieces. Then, the weirdest thing happened. All of her body parts transformed to an animal-like body parts. The men said this part of the forest was haunted. Many kids and women went missing through other journeys that went through here before. After that night, I didn't feel the little girl's presence anymore, but my mother got really sick and passed away by the Mekong River. It's the Mekong River. My dad had to make a choice who to save, his only son or his wife, and he chose me. My dad remarried once we got to Thailand and he was happy again, but as for me, I lost my mom. I kept having recurring dreams of her visiting me. In my dream, my mom said the little girl wanted me to be her brother and my mom to be her mom too. One day, I told my dad about my dreams and he said she was also visiting him in his dreams. She was very angry at him for killing the little girl because she was the spirit of my unborn sister. The look on his face explained it all, the pain and anguish of losing his wife and his unborn daughter. Later on in the week, we converted to Christianity because my new mom came from a Christian background. After that, my dad and I never had any more dreams of my mom. I still wonder, though, what if I had answered the little girl's voice? What would have happened? Oh my god. That's, that just sounds so fucking sad. Wow, what the hell? Yeah. This is back to the Pinui story of, like, right. they cut up the body and it's an actual animal shapeshifter. Right. And it's just... Yeah. You know, I've always... Also, just the fact that, like, the Hmong knife, like, I've never actually seen someone use it, but then to hear somebody say hey, that they actually stabbed it into something, it's like, whoa, that's fucking... Yeah. Just, whoa. I don't even know. But so, honest, so, wait, so there was the story that the mom was pregnant and died, or how did she die? She just got sick? My mother got really sick and passed away by the Mekong River. And that she was pregnant. But can I be honest though? Huh? I don't think she also has a right to be mad. Who? The mom. Because it's like, at the same time though, it's like, how would you have known that it was, you know? How would you have known that it was your unborn daughter? And it's like, and plus... Wait, so that spirit that they killed... That was she a said, shapeshifter. She said she was the unborn daughter? Mm-hmm. It was the unborn daughter. That's what she said. That's why he felt... It's like... He, um, the narrator said that his dad felt guilty. And it's like... And it's like, you know, you wouldn't have known all that anyways. But it's kind of like... Still... I think that's just... I don't know. Yeah. How do you know? You know, this story is, it, maybe it's just a logical part of me, but I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, this story, like, I originally thought it was like a spirit following them, a little girl by the grave, uh-huh. right? And then 
they said, do not call out even if someone calls your name, even if it's your mom. Mm -hmm. And so the little girl called her. She didn't answer. Her mom called her. She didn't answer. And then all the men saw a little girl and the little girl said, I'm looking for my brother and her, my mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, this narrator is actually a, a guy. That's why they're saying that. And so they, they said the men didn't care. They surrounded her, started stabbing her. And then they chopped her into pieces. And then all her body parts transformed to animal-like body parts. Mm-hmm. So was it really the unborn daughter or was it a pinyu Right, right. Right, because it became an animal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just so many unexplained things. Unexplainable things, I mean. Yeah. Either way, it's just kind of like... I think it's pretty heartbreaking for the um the narrator and his dad. It is. You know, he seems guilty. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just a little confused. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where it's like, wait... That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, is this a monster or was it a monster lying to be your daughter? I mean, yeah. I do, I could see, cause you know, there are stories of like when mothers die mm-hmm. or when mothers abort their kid and right. the, the soul of that baby comes back to haunt them right? or I haunt the parents. But that's typically the ghost, the the ghost, the spirit of the unborn daughter doesn't come in a form of a little girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I have expected the story to be more scary. I didn't think it would be sad. It's Because this sounds sad to me. It's not really scary. Yeah. To me, it's just sad. It's kind of like, mm. Yeah. You know why I think that way, though? Because we were talking about the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a... That's oh, a my God. Wait, story. my feet's asleep. <laughs> There's a story, and I kind of skipped a little... I skimmed it. I kind of want to read it. But do you want to read it? Do you want to listen to it or no? Do you want Do to? you want to read it? Can you read it? You want me to read it? Yeah. I don't read loud enough. Just read into the mic. <laughs> Here. Uh, the Reader. Hearing loss. Hearing what? Tracy. Okay. Fuck. Just turn. Hearing loss. Back in the days when I was in mouse, I heard that if you ever see or hear something strange, just keep moving forward and pretend you didn't see or notice them. During this time in mouse, I had some hearing loss. Not totally, but enough to where I need to face you directly to be able to understand what you're saying. When I was about 13 or 14, I went out with my older cousin during the evening to check out some girls in the next village. On our way to the village, my cousin told me to follow him, um, follow behind him, so I did. He said, if you see me run, run. If you see me creeping, creep. If you see me hiding, hide. I agreed. I asked him, why must I do the things he does? He said, the road we are traveling is haunted, so we must move quickly. If he sees or hears anything, we must detour quickly. I was scared, but I told him I wanted to go, so he and I went on this adventure. <laughs> ah, fucking sir, I'm getting the creeps already. <laughs> As we went on to this little village towards the east, there was no problem. We met two nice girls who were just about to prepare dinner. They invited us to have dinner with their family, but we declined. We asked if it was okay to see them later. They agreed to come out and talk with us. I was happy, but my handicap was so shameful since I wasn't able to communicate well with the girls. I let my cousin do all the talking and laughed when he laughed. I felt awkward being there and not saying a thing. One of the girls asked my cousin why I was not talking. So he said, because I, because when I was young, I was stung by some wasp in the ear. Ear, sorry. <laughs> the girl felt so sorry for me, so she came and sat next to me. But I was shy since this was the first time a girl noticed me at all. 
I tried to, get, to gather up some courage and carry a conversation with her. But everything that came out was yes and no, mostly head nodding. She did most of the talking for the both of us. By the time I knew it, it had gotten very late. My cousin was still talking to the other girl while I was sitting next to this girl I liked very much. I finally got enough courage to tell her my name and ask for her name, and if it was okay for me to see her again. She smiled and said yes. I asked her if my handicap made her think differently of me. She said, It's my heart she wanted, not my ears. I was so happy. It was getting close to morning about 4 a.m., and the roosters were beginning to crow. We said our goodbyes. On our way back, I was following my cousin closely. All of a sudden, he started to run, so I ran after him. Every turn he made, I followed exactly how he told me to. We came to a crossroad, and there was a lady dressed in black standing there in the middle of the road looking southward. My cousin stopped, and we hid behind a big tree. He put his hand to my mouth and whispered to me not to move or make us any song. We watched through the leaves, and the lady started to walk towards our direction. My cousin made sign language for us to hide underneath the leaves and let her pass. I could feel my heart pounding and the hair on my arms and neck rising. As we laid underneath the leaves, we could see her pass by. I could barely see a face, but I knew she wasn't human. We just lay quietly and watched her go down the road. Instead of going back on the road, we detoured through the woods and found a different path home. My cousin and I were scared. My cousin said, Did you hear her calling your name? I said, No. I thought he was joking, but he looked serious. He said, Did you tell those girls your name? I said, Yes. Then he said, Never ask for a girl's name or tell her your name out in the open. I was young and stupid. I didn't know what I was doing, and no one taught me all of this. When he got home, he told my dad that he, he saw a demon calling my name on the road. My dad went and fetched a shaman right away. The shaman said, you need to change my name or else the demon will find me. Then I'll get sick. So right then and there, the shaman made a doll out of straws and tied my shirt onto the doll and said, the person you seek is no longer here to stop bothering us. The shaman and my father took the doll to a cliff and threw it off the cliff. Later that week, I heard that the girl I was talking to got really sick and died. Even though my name was changed, I kept seeing that girl in my dreams. Sometimes, the dreams seemed so real to me like she was right here with me. In my dreams, I knew it was only a dream and asked her to stop coming to see me. But she said she wanted me and only me. I told her I'm too young and still irresponsible, but she said she loves me so much and that she'd always be with me. In my dreams, she was so beautiful and so wonderful. I knew she was dead, so I tried my best to persuade her how to leave me alone. She would cry, and it made me sad to see her cry. Once, during harvest season, I was tired, so I went to sleep at our farm hut. I could have sworn I saw her vividly in our garden. I got up and scanned the rice field, but it was only my imagination. I was kind of scared, but I had to be strong and pretend what I noticed didn't happen. I continued gathering the rice into piles. My dad said, let's go home. He came to me and said, are you all right? I said, yes. He said, you look pale. He then asked me if something happened to me today. Then I told him that since the last time the shaman came to our house, a week after I started having dreams of my dead girlfriend, earlier I saw her in our rice field. Ugh. Oh my god. What? <laughs> what happened? Throw. <laughs> he got his mong life and raised it over my head and said, Leave my son alone. You are now in the land of the dead. My son is still alive, so please leave him alone. I don't want to harm you, so show us some respect. If you truly love my son, then leave him alone. When we got home, my dad went to fetch the shaman again. He went to the village where the girl was living. He went to her house. It was abandoned. We gave our condolences and killed a pig as an offering to her. Her family, her family no longer living in that village. After she died, they moved to another town to be closer to her dad's relatives. 
Ever since we did the offering, she never came to see me again. In 1986, we came to the U.S. I'm no longer deaf. Turns out, I had a bad ear infection, and with the cold, clear hearing implants, I'm doing great. I always wonder if I heard that woman calling my name. I would have died like that girl. I guess having hair loss was a blessing in disguise. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Kind of like the whole thing of like changing your name and like I've noticed, <laughs> you know. Would you agree with him about like, you know, that maybe being deaf was a blessing? I think so. But the thing is, I don't know if it's because he was deaf. Maybe the girl answered. Does that make sense? Because there's always been stories where it's like someone is calling your name. Right. And everyone hears it. It's just right. the point of, do you answer back? Right. And true. if you answer back, then it's when they notice. The spirit notices you. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've never heard of that, of like that whole story of like, don't say your name out loud. which But I do in a way understand it because to speak your name or to speak or identify who you are and how to identify your soul, right, is like, because names have a lot of meaning, Right. right? And to identify yourself is for someone to be like, ooh, I'm attached myself, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, but I have never heard of, maybe because we aren't, we didn't grow up in forces and whatever, Yeah. to not say your name out loud. I think it's just a thing for, like, people. For in the Mong- forest. Mongolos, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's something to do with in the forest. With yeah. like, It is creepy, though. Mm-hmm. Either way, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> there's a lot of stories today oh it's that just i don't know <laughs> you scared you're like <laughs> it's heavy <laughs> uh, the rain isn't making it any better by the way it's not yeah <laughs> let me okay said, let me he said oh Jimmy being awake will make me feel better at least he's awake and at least it's not like three in the morning Mm-hmm. Like we originally planned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to switch topics? Cause I feel like these stories are just like they became so depressing. <laughs> They're just so okay. sad now. That's the end of this podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye.